Hello and welcome to Unity Presbyterian Church Online. This week in worship, we kick off our stewardship season. What is your unity story? We would like to know. Let's listen. Do you have those moments sometimes where you are just struck by something that makes you stop in your tracks and say, thank you, God? You know, maybe it's that small moment of just profound gratitude for something that has happened in your life. Or or maybe you're filled with unexpected joy at at a good news that you did not see coming, but something stops you, and your immediate response is a movement of your heart that says, thank you, God. I had an experience like that recently. I was invited to officiate a wedding um, two weekends ago. I was in Tampa of someone I knew very well. I spent 10 years serving a church in Tampa, And I got to know this bride as a sixth grade student who came to my youth group. And then I got to know her all the way until she graduated high school. And then she moved to Charlotte about the same time we did. And I got to know the person that she ended up marrying. And this entire weekend, I'm just kind of grinning because I thought, wow, this is what is neat about ministry. This is what is neat about being a part of a church is you get to know people through every stage of life through middle school, to adulthood, to marriage, and beyond. But there was a moment where the wedding was complete, and I'm I'm driving then to the reception, and we're driving along a a road called Bayshore Boulevard, and it's, it's right there along the water, the Tampa Bay. And I turn to my left, and I see this over the bay. I don't think I've ever seen a fully complete rainbow like this one before. This was one of those moments that just stopped me in my tracks, and I said, wow, thank you, God. This is a sign of of grace and of love in my life. And, And seeing that rainbow, honestly, that made me better understand the story of Noah and how that story ends with this sign of God's love and God's promise. You see, there are signs of God's grace all over this world, if we have eyes to see them. Maybe it's in the laughter of a child that is so innocent. Maybe it's in the depth of friendship that's molded and formed over time. Maybe it's in the change of seasons and the passage of times. All of these things can point us back to God if we let them. Yes, these are signs of grace in our lives. Now, the Apostle Paul, he's writing to these churches that he had a part in forming. And he's trying to get them to start looking for those signs of grace out in the world, just like we're trying to do today. So what we're going to do is we're going to study one of the letters that he wrote to one of the churches where he says there's actually a surprising sign of grace that's in their midst that he wants to draw their attention to. So this is 2 Corinthians chapter 8. We begin in verse 1. He says, And now, brothers and sisters, we want you to know about the grace that God has given the Macedonian churches. Okay, wait, who is Paul writing to? He's not writing to the Macedonian churches. He's writing to the church in Corinth, the Corinthians, which is why it's called 2 Corinthians. But he wants to tell the Corinthians about these other churches. He wants to tell them 
about the Macedonian churches. Now, we have a map to show you where those Macedonian churches were because they were a collection of three churches. So if you look up to the top of that map, first on the right you see Philippi, which is where the letter of the Philippians was sent to. You also see Thessalonica. That's where the letters of First and Second Thessalonians Paul wrote to. And then you see Brioa. Uh, they don't get a letter, but I'm sure they were still great, still a good city. We just didn't have a letter that has been kept in our Bibles. But those three cities make up the Macedonian churches that Paul is referring to right here in our Scripture. So besides being from the same common region, what else did those churches have in common? Well, if you do some digging, what you find out is that all of these churches were desperately poor. This region in Paul's day was a very poor and impoverished region. But they also have something else in common. They have all experienced the grace of God in their lives in such a way that led them into action. And what we want to study is how did they then act? Well, let's read on. The next verse says, In the midst of a very severe trial, their overflowing joy and their extreme poverty welled up in rich generosity. So the Macedonian churches, even in the midst of their extreme poverty, chose generosity. Okay, here's the, the context of what was happening. Paul is raising money for a group of churches in Jerusalem because these groups of churches were being actively oppressed by the Roman government, and they were having such a challenging time. And so Paul was going to other areas who were not being oppressed and saying, we need to raise funds. We need to help these churches in Jerusalem. Despite being equally poor, the Macedonian churches chose to send money along with Paul to the churches that they viewed as having even greater needs. This is why Paul is writing the Corinthians about them. He's bragging on them. He's bragging about the Macedonians and how they have chosen generosity. What Paul is preparing to say in these next verses is that generosity is a spiritual discipline. Learning to live our lives as generous people is a way that we can respond to the grace of God in our lives. Here's how Paul describes that in more detail. He says, For I testify that they gave as much as they were able, and even beyond their ability, entirely on their own, they urgently pleaded with us for the privilege of sharing in this service to the Lord's people. And they exceeded our expectations. They gave themselves, first of all, to the Lord, and then, by the will of God, also to us. Okay, so remember, Paul is collecting money for these poor churches in Jerusalem, and he did not ask the Macedonian churches to help in that. But entirely on their own, they asked for the privilege of what they called sharing in the service to the Lord's people. Okay, we are not the Macedonians, are we? We are the people of unity. So how do these scriptures apply to us today? Well, I think it's, it's the principle that Paul is trying to teach here. He's teaching it to the Corinthians, and he's, he's teaching it to us as well. 
the principle that it is a privilege to take part in the building up of the kingdom of God in this world. You see, we all get a choice of how to live our lives and how to spend our resources. And it is a privilege to be able to say to God, what do you want me to do with my life? God, what do you want me to do with my resources? In what ways, God, can I play a role in expanding your mission here on earth? Yes, as members of a church, we are a part of something much greater than you may even realize. We are a part of God's story. And God has decided to use the church to heal and transform this world that we live in. And you, being a part of a church, are now essential to God's story. And what a privilege it is to be a part of that. So in particular, what Paul's doing is he's commending the Macedonians for their generosity in wanting to be a part of that story. Yes, giving generously is one of the ways that we can respond to the grace of God in our lives. What Paul is also doing is he's using the story of the Macedonians as a teaching tool for the Corinthians. And now he's going to connect the dots for them. He kind of says, okay, I've told you about them. I've told you about their example. Now here's what I'd like you to do, church in Corinth. Now, Paul has sent one of his friends and partners in ministry, Titus, to go and meet them. And Titus is carrying this letter and is now going to ask them to take part in the supporting of these Jerusalem churches. Here's the next verse. It says, So we urged Titus, just as he had earlier made a beginning, to bring also to completion this act of grace on your part. Okay, I want to think a little bit more closely about that phrase there, act of grace. What is an act of grace? Well, I think first about what grace is, because we all know what an act is. It's an action that we make. And so an act of grace must be some sort of action in response to grace. So what is grace? How would you define that? How would that slip off of your tongue? Well, grace, I believe, is simply God's free gift of love to us. You are loved, not because you are good, not because you have accomplished anything great in this life. You are loved simply because you are a child of God, and that is grace. And when we then act in response to that grace in our lives, that is present in our lives, any of those actions become our acts of grace. Think about what that looks like in your life. When you visit someone who is sick in the hospital because you know that you want to be God's presence to them in their time of need, or when you pray for someone that you know is ill, that could really use help right now, those things are acts of grace. Or when you choose to say, I'm going to volunteer my time for something that's important in the world, uh, maybe that is volunteering to teach our children in Sunday school, or even mentoring at a local elementary school. Maybe that's leading Bible study or taking part. Those things can be acts of grace. And Paul's point is that generosity is also an act of grace. Now, 
here's Paul's concluding statement. So he's trying to bring all of this together to say the so now. Based off of all I just said, so now, here is what you should do. And I think this is our action step as well. His conclusion is this. But since you excel in everything, in faith, in speech, in knowledge, in complete earnestness, and in the love that we have kindled in you, see that you also excel in this grace of giving. Okay, what would it look like for Unity Presbyterian Church to excel in the grace of giving over this next year? Well, that Greek word for excel, which we have highlighted up there, is perisu. And I think perisu is an interesting definition. It is to go beyond the ordinary. It is over and above. That's what it means to excel, to go beyond the ordinary. We are a collection of Christians right here in Denver, North Carolina, who are seeking to make a positive impact on the world. And Paul is encouraging us in that to go beyond the ordinary, to go over and above anything that might be expected of us to excel in this grace of giving. Now, there are a lot of good reasons to give. Uh, Maybe we give because we are moved by a story or a circumstance that we hear about. I think of this past year when this church was moved to give over $10,000 to refugees in Ukraine when all that was happening. This church is moved to donate when there's trauma in the Middle East like there was this last week. Our hearts are moved to give, and this is good. We should respond with generosity when our hearts are moved to do so. But what I notice when I'm reading this is that Paul encourages us to give not only based on a feeling, because feelings, they come and go, don't they? Feelings can be a little bit fickle. But instead, Paul encourages us to give simply in response to the grace that's already in our lives. We give because we recognize what God is doing in this world and what a privilege it is to be a part of it. And so again, I ask you, as I was reflecting this week, I wondered, what would it look like for this church to excel in the grace of giving? I don't have an exact answer for that. But I do know that whatever answer comes, it's not going to come from us. It's going to come from God. Because everything we do must be done in response to God. Remember, this is not our church. This is God's church, and we are the stewards of it. So each year, we have a bit of an extended time of prayer on this particular Sunday. We call it Visioning Sunday because we pray to say, God, what is your vision for this church? What is your vision for this next year where this church can really have an impact on this world? And so what I'd like us to do is pray and reflect on all the good that God has done through us into the community this last year, and then also to seek God's will in what God will continue to do in us into this next year. Let's pray together. God, we are your church, 
We are the body of Christ. Anything Jesus did in the world, we should be doing those very same things. You have accomplished so much through unity over the past year. We reflect on housing a family of refugees who had to flee from their homes in Afghanistan with only what they could carry and then finding a new home right here with our church. We reflect on the ways that you have prompted us to care for this planet through adding solar panels, composting, recycling. We remember the ways that you brought joy into our lives through friendships that have been born in this place and different community events. Gracious God, in this next moment of silence, won't you bring to our minds places of gratitude for this church? Yes, we silently thank you for the ways that you've used unity to enrich and nurture our lives. of guidance and provision we don't know what the future holds not one of us knows what will happen in this next year or even in this next hour and instead of being discomforted by that lack of knowledge won't you spark in us an energy of possibility all things are possible in the future because of you and your power i know god that you have every intention of using the people of unity to accomplish your work in 2024. And we come to you now, humbly, asking your direction for the year ahead. Prompt our hearts, enlighten our minds, focus our energies, so above all else, we may do your will. Yes, in the next moment of silence, we ask your direction for this church in the year ahead. God, we know that you call us as individuals, and as individuals, we join together with the body of Christ. We join together to be a part of a larger story, the story of what you're doing in this world. And God, each of us have a part to play as individuals. And so won't you bring to our minds the specific things that we can do to be an active and vibrant part of your church over this next year? God, we pray this all in the name of your Son, Jesus Christ. Amen. I sent a survey out this past Tuesday, and I asked you to share your unity story, and, and many of you responded, and so I wanted to end this time just with a couple of highlights. And so when asked, why do you choose 
to invest your time and resources in unity, here's a couple of things that I heard. I heard it feels like what we are called to do as Christians. I heard it's to make a vibrant, meaningful, and relevant place for spiritual growth and ministry, both within this congregation and beyond. And I heard that I continue to feel welcomed and encouraged to learn more about my faith and about how this church is helping me to belong. I wonder what you would add to this list, what your unity story is. Well, our talents, our gifts, our resources, when we pool them together, we as a tool can do so much to change this world in the name of Jesus Christ. And so let us excel in the grace of giving together. If you would like more information about Unity Presbyterian Church, please visit our website at www.unitypres.org or visit us on Facebook. This is the Unity Presbyterian Church Podcast. Have a great week.